Yeah. So my encouragement is never stop dreaming. Um, your eyes, your ideas matter. Uh, the road that you're on is a resilient road, taking you uh, to where to to exactly where you need to be, and go all in on your ideas, your goals, your success, just like Walt Disney did in 1923. Forty dollars single suitcase, one way ticket, and just like we needed Walt Disney and Disneyland, a place where parents and children could have fun together in 1955. We need you. We need you and your resiliency. Uh, We need your ideas and keep moving forward. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in here. Hey, I'm playing around as we get started here. Glad y'all are here. Thanks for coming. Hey, uh, Jeffrey, I didn't tell you, but I'm not a professional. We just have a good old time and we talk and... We encourage and motivate and help other people get through tough times. This is going to be a little different than what we normally do, but this is going to be fun. This guy here, he is known as Dr. Disneyland. He's a historian with uh, Walt Disney himself. He's a speaker, presenter, keynote speaker, author, historian. And uh, one of his topics he speaks on is Walt Disney and the power of resilience. Now, that is a topic we can talk about. Jeffrey a.k.a. Dr. Disneyland Barnes on here and get started. Well, hello, and I, I got to tell you, I, I like being Dr. Disneyland, but Professor of Perseverance, that's something I can get behind. Hey, I appreciate that, and uh, I stole that from John Bentley. John, thank you again for that. One day where we were at a speaker's training or whatnot, you want to call it, and all of a sudden this guy behind me, John, he was going, Professor of Perseverance. I didn't know he was talking to me. That's the first time I heard it. And he goes, Professor of Perseverance. Finally, goes, James, I turned around and said, yeah, John, you talking to me? He said, yeah, you're the Professor of Perseverance. I said, huh? He said, well, you have a doctorate degree, don't you? I said, yeah, so you're a professor. He said, you want to talk about perseverance, don't you? Yeah, Professor of Perseverance. I said, John, I'm stealing that. There you go. John Bentley, thank you for that, big buddy. I appreciate it now. (laughs) All right, Jeffrey, I appreciate you hopping on board with us too, Dr. Disneyland. This is going to be fun, interesting. Uh, I I, I, want to learn more about Mr. Walt Disney himself. I I know he has the creation and the vision, and I've heard stuff like that. But I would like to, yeah, this is going to be good. I'm going to to really enjoy this. So what I'm going to do is shut up, provide you the platform. I'll jump in every now and again, but... um, you just take off where you think and see fit for us to begin. Sure. Well, you know, Disney is a household name in 2022. And, you know, we associate it with, you know, cartoons and movies and theme parks. And, and I think um, often with success. But what a lot of people don't realize is Walt Disney failed more often than he was successful. Um, and in fact, I think like all of us, was not born successful, uh, had a very difficult childhood, a mm-hmm. troubling relationship with his father, and at the ripe old age of 21, was bankrupt. 
And it was the bankruptcy of his first studio in Kansas City, Missouri, that compelled him to come to California. And he came to California by boarding a train with $40, a single suitcase and a one-way ticket. And it was only after that failure and his commitment to persevere that he then founded his second studio, the Walt Disney Brothers Studio, that today is the largest entertainment company anywhere in the world. Yeah, and I mean, that was um, almost 100 years ago that Mm -hmm. Walt went bankrupt, that he boarded that train, uh, that despite the setback and the failure and the disappointment, he still went all in on his goals, his dreams, his success by boarding that train with $40, a single suitcase and a one-way ticket. And then once he was in California and together with his older brother, Roy, founded the second studio, he created his first successful cartoon character. Now, who do you think that cartoon character would be? The first one? Yes. Well, you would think Mickey, since he's the most well-known. Correct. Uh, you would think, oh, am I correct? Or well, this board just correct, correct on with thinking things. that it would be yeah, it would be Mouse. the first. Uh, I'm going with Donald Duck. Well, no, Donald came after Mickey. Okay, and Walt Disney himself once said, "We can never forget that it all started with a mouse." But five years before Mickey Mouse, Walt's first successful cartoon character was a little fellow by the name of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Okay, and Oswald was super successful. So much so that Walt tried to get a bigger and better contract with his distributor, Universal, and ended up not with a bigger and better contract, but losing the rights to the character altogether oh, wow. in a trademark dispute. And it was only after losing Oswald and staring at bankruptcy all over again that he was forced to pivot, that he was forced to come up with a brand new and different character. And that's where the story of Mickey Mouse was born. And so again, you have that perseverance story, the bankruptcy in 23, the loss of Oswald in 1928. And then in the middle of the great depression, Walt Disney is one of the few people in Hollywood, one of the few people in America, if not the world actually making money because people loved the perseverance stories that Walt was putting out in the Mickey Mouse cartoons, but Walt didn't want to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again. He wanted to do a full-length animated movie, and we know that movie today to be Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, and nobody thought that people would want to sit in a theater for a full-length cartoon. Mm -hmm. Uh, And his own wife and his own brother doubted that Snow White would be successful, but he persevered through those doubts. The movie comes out in 1937. And many people today believe that Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs is the most profitable movie in Hollywood history. Wow. And he would take those profits and use it to uh, create Uh, the facility in Burbank that is home to the Disney studio today. 
And then about a decade or so later, he would start dreaming of an amusement park, a theme park, a place where parents and children would have fun together. And at that point, people are like, well, you've got Mickey, you've got Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs and all of the great movies that came after that. Why in the world, Walt, would you want to get into the amusement park business? And again, his own wife and his own brother doubted him, thinking that his dream for Disneyland would be bankrupt, shuttered, and forgotten in six months or less. Oh, wow. At the ripe old age of 53, Walt is having to overcome every obstacle and every adversity imaginable trying to get his dream for a magic kingdom born out of an orange grove in Anaheim, California. Oh, he was 53 with that idea? Correct. And from where he was at 21 or so, 23 or so? Yeah, he was 21 in 1923. Yeah, it took him that long to, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And then his final dream was for Walt Disney World and, and not another Disneyland because Walt didn't, like sequels, never wanted to repeat himself. He wanted to do Epcot, not as a theme park, but as a true experimental prototype community of tomorrow. Walt was getting into urban planning and he wanted to do the city of tomorrow, the city of the future. And unfortunately, he died of lung cancer six months before they ever broke ground in Florida. But throughout his life, he was constantly adjusting, constantly adapting, constantly pivoting as he persevered through one obstacle, one disappointment, one failure after another. Now, how old was he when he, uh, you said, passed away before? 65. 65. He was 65 when he died on December 15th, 1966. Okay. it's, It's amazing to have a vision that you would hope in it uh, to expand, and you know, it would be as large as it turned out. And oh. you know, maybe, maybe, maybe when maybe at the beginning, I don't know, just when he uh, built Disneyland, it would just, I don't know, for Californians to go play, uh, not not expecting the whole country to migrate that way just for that. Well, so you know, for Disneyland, uh, he he really wanted to tell stories in an outdoor environment. Walt most wanted to be remembered as a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And so it was an opportunity to put guests into a story versus amusement parks that just okay, engaged I got you, I got you. He wanted to put guests into the story for the first time. And it was incredibly popular um, from virtually day one, despite everybody's doubts and questions and concerns. But... 75, 80% of the country lived east of the Mississippi, and Walt wanted to give the rest of the country, if not the world, the opportunity to experience the joy of Disneyland. And again, he wanted to get into urban planning and solve the ills of the inner city. And so when he purchased 27,440 acres of swampland in central Florida, it wasn't to do another Magic Kingdom or Disneyland 2.0, as I like to call it. Mm-hmm. It really was to create the city of the future. But again, he he died before they had a chance to do that. And so eventually when they built Epcot, they built it as another theme park. It's a very different kind of theme park, 
but it's not the city of tomorrow that Walt actually envisioned it to be. Okay. Yeah, I've been to the Orlando one when, uh, uh, like I told you earlier, we talked that um, my service dog, Ricardo, was from Canine Companions of Independence Mm -hmm. from Orlando, and they got us tickets to go uh, there one time with uh, with Ricardo as a, and it, I mean it was awesome it was great and everything like that. Uh, hopefully one day I'll get to experience the other side of the uh, country. Yeah, and 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 they're very similar, but they're also very different at the same time. I like and what you, you mentioned earlier that he wanted a big storytelling thing and then put people into the stories. Right. That's, I mean today storytelling is a dying art. And I, I wish somehow it would come back. I mean, people yeah. are still telling stories, but there's not a lot of groups out there that are doing stuff, you know, so it's a dying art. Yeah. And I think what's interesting about story is a lot of people assume that story, especially a Disney story, is about some sort of happily ever after ending but that's what that's not the kind of story that Walt was necessarily after. Walt knew that every great story requires conflict. And if you think about your own life, if you think about your own journey, if you think about your business, if you're going to level up, you don't go after happily ever after. You you need to embrace conflict. You have to be willing to do hard and difficult and challenging things. And so with Walt's life, I always challenge my audiences to imagine themselves in 1923 at age 21, already bankrupt, already financially ruined. Would they stay stuck in Kansas City where it would be safer to get a job and be with their family and friends? Or would they go all in on their goals, their dreams, and their success by boarding that train, coming to California with $40, a single suitcase, and a one-way ticket? Yeah, and one-way ticket. There's, by going all in. Yeah, one-way ticket. I'm not coming back. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With that much that much confidence or whatever, visionary, whatever. Yep. So, yep. wow. Yep. Um, and and, and, and back then, what do you think, um, 1923, the bankruptcy – wouldn't you think there'd be more of a stigma put on him then than today? I mean, today you hear people get a bankruptcy and they're turning around doing their old habits again. They get another bankruptcy. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. back then, I would think it'd been harder for him also to get a start because who's going to give him that loan or who's going to. Right. Uh, so even then, persevering uh, through, you know, to, to figure out how to do all that. Yeah. And he eventually paid back all of the creditors in Kansas City that lost money as a result of the collapse of what was then Laughagram Studio. So he he owned it, he took responsibility for it. But again, he didn't stay stuck. He kept moving forward. And I think that's how we persevere. We're all going to have failures, we're all going to have setbacks. The question is what do you do with that story? Do you stay stuck or do you keep moving forward? And Walt kept moving forward. His wife, Lily, once said that she never saw Walt beaten at anything ever. That's amazing. Never yeah. seen that. I mean, because you're thinking she saw a failure, but she didn't see that he, uh, like I said, gave up. Correct. He decided to keep going until, I mean, who who was that coach? Can't think is, oh, who's that coach? You want to say, 
Vince Lombardi, but I'm not sure if that's the right one, uh, that said, I never lost a game. Uh, I ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. And his dream for Disneyland, which again started on a, on a park bench when he would take his two young girls, Diane and Sharon, to this merry-go-round in Los Angeles, and they would ride the merry-go-round. He would sit on a park bench, and he began to dream, have a vision for a place where parents and children could have fun together. Well, he drew up what he was going to call Mickey Mouse Park, planned for eight acres next to the studio in Burbank, and he took those plans to the city council in Burbank, and they turned him down. They told him no. They said, well, we don't want a carnival atmosphere in our town. Wow. Well, Walt, in a moment of perseverance, recognized that no simply means next option. Yes. And instead of staying stuck in Burbank, he found not eight acres, but 160 acres in an orange grove in Anaheim. And he just dreamed bigger and built not Mickey Mouse Park but Disneyland. And think about this, the 160 acres didn't hold him for very long in Anaheim because in just a few short years, he was buying 27,440 acres in central Florida, 150 times more land than he had in Southern California. So again, he goes from eight acres and the city council of Burbank turns him down to 160 acres to 27,440 acres. And all along the way, he's being told no. All along the way, people are questioning, people are doubting. His brother's out on the amusement park. His wife doesn't believe in it. And today, the sun never sets on a Disney park anywhere in the world. And it all started with an idea, a place where parents and children could have fun together. I love this uh, story. And then I've been watching some of this on the uh, historic history channel and talking about how America was built. And they talk about the food service, how it started or the candy, how it started and, you know, stuff like it's just amazing uh, how we have grown just for people being these visionaries back yeah. then. Yeah. And, and people think, um, you know, our most important resources like money, maybe our time because time's not renewable. Mm -hmm. um, one of your most important resources is, is your, is your thinking. It's, it's your ideas. And for me, it's not just Walt's idea of a place where parents and children could have fun together, but his willingness to get up off of that park bench and take action That's it. on that idea and to believe in it, believe in it all the way and to continue taking action, even though his brother doesn't believe in it, even though his wife doesn't believe in it, despite all of the doubters, all of the naysayers, Walt is going to persevere and see this through to fruition. And the world is a better place as a result. Yes, yes. And, and you're correct about that. In any goal someone sets, I feel the toughest part is the taking action. You know, how, how many people, you know, that start a book and then they don't finish it or they start a movie and they don't finish it yep. or they I mean, they, they get up there. They're all gun holding it started. But the first time they get bored with it, the first mm -hmm. time they said no to them, the first time that they lost money trying to go after where they're going and they don't want to lose anything else, they don't want to risk anything else. Yep. And then they're ready to, you know, 
give in, take up, and, and pack up and leave. Yeah. There's lots of starters. Um, you separate yourself when you finish. Yeah. Yeah. From with the completion. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing how uh, that be yeah, taking action. That's a tough one. And, and then continuing no matter what it is, you know, that uh, gets in your way. Right. Yeah, again, you're accepting no is the not the final answer, but it, where's my next opportunity coming from here? Yep. So yep. that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So I don't know. I know times are different today, you know, you know, with all the technology and people's wired different everything, but uh, I'm not sure how many people stick with what they want to start. As yeah, much. I mean, you know, technology is different. I, I think, um, you know, our attention spans seem to be oh, yeah. different as well. And yet at the end of the day, you know, human beings are human beings. And if you think about it, you have the opportunity to stand out by sticking to something, by finishing and showing that you're not like everyone else. You're not just another person in the crowd. Walt Disney never got any further than ninth grade in terms of his own formal education. Mm -hmm. And he was asked one time, well, what do you think is the secret to success? And he said, well, I, I think it comes down to four C's. And I was in higher education for two decades and I'm familiar with students saying C's get degrees. And so yeah. I think it's interesting that Walt Disney said it comes down to four C's. And for Walt Disney, those C's for success were courage, confidence, curiosity, and consistency. And if you can be consistently, if you can consistently persevere, despite the doubters, despite the obstacles, despite the failures, at the end of the day, you are going to be farther along than anybody else. Just think, even when you fail, how far you are along with compared to someone else that didn't take action. Yeah. You, I mean, you only fail if you quit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, oh, the four C's, you know which one to me is most intriguing? Which one Cur is that? Curiosity. Mm -hmm. For someone to go, I mean, here's an example. I've talked to someone before. Uh, I've, I don't know the name of this coffee, but it's so great that people charge $500 a cup for whatever Whoa. it is. And what it is is, this coffee bean or whatever, some monkey eats it. It gets broken enzymes in their intestine, stomach, and they crap it out. And then people go and pick that bean out of the their, that's monkey crap and make this coffee. It's so great that people are paying $500 a cup. Okay. So, but my, my thing is, how does someone from the very beginning look at that bean and, that, and never tried coffee or anything to, to come up with and go, you know, I bet you that's going to be pretty good, you know. <laughs> and uh, I, I said, I'm guessing what had happened is the monkey took a, a dump and it fell in a puddle of water way back in. Somebody real thirsty and they're drinking this water and they're going, well, this water tastes a little different than any other water I've had. The coffee bean from the enzymes being broken in everything. And that, the curiosity from there is how they figured it out with this monkey. Yeah. And so, so that's the most intriguing one. The confidence, the uh, courage to get started, continuing. Mm -hmm. uh, that I understand. Yep. The curiosity just to go, you know, I wonder if that would work. Yep. And then try to figure out if it will or not. Yeah. 
Yeah, Albert Einstein once said that he wasn't particularly smart. He was just insatiably curious. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think it's a big part of it. Yeah, so uh, that the yeah, that 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 C curiosity is one that intrigues me the most, right there. Absolutely. So, um, and it, yeah, just to have a confidence to go, no matter what other people were thinking and saying, as well. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I think boarding that train with forty dollars a single suitcase and a one way ticket takes a ton of confidence. I think coming up with Mickey Mouse after losing Oswald, facing bankruptcy all over again, takes a ton of confidence. Here he is riding through the Great Depression um, with, you know, a ton of money off of the success of Mickey Mouse. And he's like, no, we're not going to do this for forever. Let's, um, you know, let's move forward with something else. And he makes this huge investment in Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. And he could have kept doing that for forever. But no, now he wants to get into the amusement park business by way of Disneyland. And even then, he still wants to reinvent himself by doing Epcot in Florida. And so constant adjustment, constant pivots, constant reinventing himself and an, an amazing success story as a result. Building a better mousetrap every time he steps out. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's amazing. I mean, I give credit to anybody that busts their butt and sacrifice everything. And then even at the end of the day, if you failed uh, towards you, like, if you were so focused and was that committed that you really thought, I mean, you got to give it to them. Oh, yeah. Yep. So. Well, this is incredible. So I appreciate uh, you coming on. I'd love to hear more stories. I, I just, I just, I'm a storyteller. I've lo- I love listening to these 80, 90 year olds tell their stories. Back uh, when I played sports, I, uh, baseball, I, I went to this uh, baseball camp and I'm hearing this one guy, 90 years old, telling a story when he played baseball with Babe Ruth. And so oh, wow. I just love hearing these older people tell. And like I said, it's a lost art. Uh, nowadays it, it and, is uh, yeah, yeah. So, and, and again that's what walt most wanted to be remembered as and that is as a great story he didn't want to be remembered for mickey mouse he didn't want to be remembered for snow white he didn't want to be remembered for disneyland per se he wanted to be remembered as a storyteller and that's why he built disneyland he built it for the purpose of telling stories And I believe those stories challenge us at the end of the day when we leave the park to then go out and live our own great story. Yes. And you know you're living a great story when you're willing to do hard things, embrace conflict, and persevere, again, no matter what. And part of the reason why I refer to myself as Dr. Disneyland is because I teach the world's only college course on the history of Disneyland. And part of my story is I had dreamed of teaching this class for years and years, finally got permission to do it. Not really about the amusement park. I wanted to tell Walt's story and I wanted wanted to to challenge students and get them to understand if, if you want to achieve your own goals, your own dreams and your own success, you're going to have to face adversity, overcome obstacles and be willing to do hard things just like Walt. And then the day after I gave the very first lecture that very first semester, I was diagnosed with a life-threatening brain tumor. Hmm. And they wanted to operate immediately. And I'm like, 
No, I'm teaching my dream course, yeah. which you think is about Disneyland, but it's really about conflict, adversity, and overcoming obstacles. And so I delayed the surgery for two and a half months so I could teach a crazy Mickey Mouse course on the history of Disneyland. And that became my story of perseverance because, again, I was no longer teaching the course as much as I was living That's right. the course. And I would think um, I would think because that was your passion, you've been waiting for this to come. I exactly. can see I can see that it only helped mentality stay right, your mind staying right, your whole body cells and everything staying positive because you're you're finally getting this passion you've been yep. after. And yep. I, I can see that it, it would probably help you in the long run with your surgery, you know, two and a half months later. It, it, it did. And I was really remembering Walt's commitment when he left Kansas City, that idea of boarding the train, being all in, $40 single suitcase, one-way ticket. And I think all of us have to have sort of that moment in our lives where we make that kind of commitment. Mm -hmm. And for me, I was that committed to the course. I was that committed to the students. I was that committed to the idea of showing students Walt's story, you can really leverage it to achieve your own goals, your own dreams, and your own success. Because I don't see the parks as just an escape. I see them as an example. And even though Disney touts itself as the place where dreams come true, I see it as the place that can show you how to make your own dreams come true. And I was so passionate about that that again, I had boarded that proverbial train all in $40 single suitcase, mm -hmm. one way ticket. And I think all of us have to have that moment in our lives where we're so committed and so passionate about something that we're willing to make that kind of commitment and that level of risk and that level of sacrifice. Especially the level of risk because who knows that that uh, tumor wouldn't have got bigger more aggressive than if you would have took action then. But again, this also, this passion you had could have been, I never get another opportunity. Right. And so, yeah. So hanging in there for this, despite what could have been in the future. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I, th I think that was good for you and your soul and your body, your mind and body. Yeah. Uh, because the passion was so great. And when we think about being resilient, the things that happen to us, if if we have the right mindset, are really happening for us. Yes. And so the class was better as a result. And it gave me an opportunity to write not one, but two best-selling books in telling that story. And it gave me an opportunity to become a, a motivational and inspirational keynote speaker around the country and, and around the world. And I often ask myself, what would have happened to Walt if the first studio had been a success? What does he do? Does he stay in Kansas City for the rest of his life and only ever work with a local dentist creating animation advertisements? I mean, how boring is that? Yeah. The, the, the bankruptcy worked in his favor by sending him where he needed to be, which was Hollywood, California. Yes. And and again. Because I'm going back to your with your issue that um, by you surviving and your surgeries and everything that whatever come after that treatments, it now gives you 
a story to add to with your Disney. Here's an example. Yep. So it, it, yep. Uh, then this is great. So, so and, and, and so I think for our listeners, we're all living some sort of story. We're all on our own personal road of resiliency. And I, the encouragement is you're on the right road, whether you realize it or not. Exactly. Yeah, we don't have to love and like what we're going through, but we can learn from it, yep. build from it, and still have a pretty good life yep. at the end of the day. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the difficult stories, the challenging stories are an opportunity to level up. And 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 once you level up, you're going to have more skills uh, you're going to be able to, you know, face greater challenges into the future. I mean, just look over the last couple of years as a result of COVID. We all ended up having to do things that we had never done before. Mm-hmm. Again, things that we didn't necessarily want to do or like doing, but we did them regardless. And chances are we're better as a result. Yes. Yes. And then just think again, to me, it goes back to how you can, Use all this to help the next person, and yes. then then they're going to do something to pay it forward in the long run too as well. Yep. So, all right, Doctor Disneyland, I appreciate you coming on here and sharing uh, Mr. Walt's uh, story and everything, and uh, I'm glad that you are uh, living through it as well uh, with your story, and so it makes things even better. Hey, go ahead and give uh, people your website or any other social media how they can contact you if they want to ask any more questions or find out anything. Uh, maybe speaking, you mentioned about being a speaker and stuff, maybe they can come grab you. Yeah. So you can find me at the wisdom of and would love to have folks sign up for my uh, free weekly uh, Wednesdays with Walt email. In fact, uh, the email that went out yesterday was about resiliency, which I think fits in perfectly with your perseverance podcast. So again, the wisdom of and there's a weekly email that goes out 100% free. Uh, there's information on the website about uh, speaking, about workshops, uh, about my books. Uh, the first book, uh, The Wisdom of Walt, Leadership Lessons from the Happiest Place on Earth, uh, which is about Walt Disney and Disneyland. Again, lots of inspirational, motivational stories on how uh, you can take what you love about Disney to level up in your own life. And then the second book, Beyond the Wisdom of Walt, Life Lessons from the Most Magical Place on Earth, same format, completely different stories that come from Walt Disney World, again, showing how uh, the parks aren't just an escape, but an example, and how uh, we can view the parks as a place showing us how to make our own dreams come true. You can find me uh, on Instagram at Dr. Disneyland. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, Jeffrey A. Barnes, and Facebook, Jeff Barnes. I love uh, interacting with folks one-on-one, so don't hesitate to um, contact me uh, directly, whether it's email via the website or directly through Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. And you know, if you're struggling struggling on your own road of resiliency, reach out to me, and I, you know, would love to have a conversation with you. And, you know, share with you more of my own story and, you know, connect and, and help move you a little bit forward if possible. Hey, man, brother, I appreciate it. And as you're going, and I'll put these links in the show note to make it easier for people to come find you. Uh, but um, 
as you were talking and talking about the happiest place in the world and everything with with these and i was it did made me sit and think for a second as you were talking that uh, i've loved these make-a-wish foundations i know there's different forms of them now not just the one make-a-wish here's others and but to hear a child that's uh, on that list and their their dream is to go to disneyland or disney world mm-hmm. and to make them happy before their time um just, just yeah, made me think about that when you when you mentioned the happiest place in the world. So yeah, in in fact, I was I, I just got home last night from Walt Disney World and was supposed to be um, at a at a fundraiser for Give Kids the World, uh, which is a village in Kissimmee. Uh, they host um, a little over 150 families a week uh, wow. as an extension of Make a Wish. Yeah. Yeah, I know there's different different organizations nowadays. It, it, it is. And uh, unfortunately, the event was canceled due to the effects of Ian. Um, but we were able to go to Orlando anyway. And, you know, the work that they do, um, the magic that they make is, is, is absolutely incredible. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, thank you for being here, uh, Dr. Disneyland, Jeff Barnes, Jeffrey Barnes. Uh, hey, you know, there's people hurting and struggling today. If you can leave us with a powerful message to help them get through today, that'd be awesome, man. Yeah. So my encouragement is never stop dreaming. Um, your eyes, your ideas matter. Uh, the road that you're on is a resilient road taking you uh, to where, to, to exactly where you need to be and Go all in on your ideas, your goals, your success, just like Walt Disney did in 1923. $40 single suitcase, one-way ticket. And just like we needed Walt Disney and Disneyland, a place where parents and children could have fun together in 1955, we need you. We need you and your resiliency. Uh, We need your ideas and keep moving forward yep here in the south we tell them to hang in like a hair and a biscuit so, <laughs> so that's what we tell but yeah yeah you're exactly correct uh, everybody's important everybody has something that they can attribute to uh just hang in and you're visionary no matter what little road you're on again you're on the right path that's your path you just got to hang in there a little bit longer and then reap the benefits yep so, all right, Dr. Uh, Disneyland, Jeffrey Barnes, appreciate you being here. Everybody else, hey, share us out to someone. This is pretty cool uh, uh, talking about resilience today and perseverance. And so we can let someone else that can use this information. All right. Hey, I'm Dr. James Purdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. Uh, let's do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at professorofperseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.